your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Chris Kerber, the voice of the blues, joining us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chris Kerber. Kerbs, what's going on, man? I heard on the the Rizzuto show earlier today, you're putting in a bowling alley in your house? No, no, those guys have wild imaginations there, Burger <laughs> King. They, uh, they, they, no, no, just, uh, just doing some renovations in the house and was working on a couple things and missed their phone call. So I was, I was late for the date on that one this morning. So now, Curves, if you did put a bowling alley in your basement, okay, would you go with the traditional ten pin or would you go with like the the like up in Canada? It's real popular to have the five pin with the smaller balls. I don't know what which would be your preference. Well, I listen. If I would have to think about it, because my wife is from uh, Western Massachusetts, so. Candle pin bowling is obviously very big up there in the Northeast. So if I did go with a bowling alley, uh, I would probably go with the traditional way that we all know bowling, but uh, I might grab a set of 10 pin, and that way you could do both. We're talking to Chris Kerber. He's the voice of the blues here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. All right, Kerbs, I want to talk a little actual hockey with you because earlier today, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN went through his choice for each of the NHL awards, and he put together his three finalists and then obviously gave the winner that he would choose as well. For the Norris Trophy, he did not have Alex Petrangelo in his top three, but said he would basically be the next one up for him. Do you feel like Alex Petrangelo should be a legitimate finalist for the trophy this year? And do you think this is the best we've seen from Petro yet? Uh, I think Alex Petrangelo, having entered the prime of his career, is playing excellent hockey. I think the thing that is going to prevent Alex Petrangelo from winning the Norris trophy is the point total. Uh, and, you know, I, and that's unfortunate because I do believe. He's a good enough defenseman to win the Norris Trophy. Obviously, in his first couple of years, we saw him get a top five vote and, and and a top four vote. Maybe even was a finalist one year. I can't remember, but I know if it wasn't the finalist, it was he was top four. Um, I just think when you have Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson, and Eric Carlson had things go, and he he would have set a franchise record for the Capitals. And you've got that scenario. I just don't think the voters are going to get past the point total when you're ending up seeing a 30, 35 difference total in points, and those guys are logging 27 minutes a game, playing in every scenario like Alexander or Alex Petrangelo is too. So um, I do think he's worthy of it. I do think the first part of this season as well, uh, without it shredded out in my mind, he could have been a front runner, if, if not a uh, an easily easily a finalist. I think when the points started to dry up a little bit. 
you know, in, in that maybe that last third to last quarter of the games, uh, that probably knocked him out of the mix. And again, fair or not, uh, that plays that you know that that plays a role in it. All right, Curb. So that leads me to my uh, my first question of the day for you is: Is it time for the NHL to have a different award? Like uh, people have bounced around the idea of like the Bobby Orr Award for the highest scoring defenseman, and then the Norris Trophy for the best all around defenseman. Is it time for the NHL to do this, Jamie? It is. It's it's way overdue, and we've been saying this for years. And I just. I don't understand where this, uh, you know, the lock to tradition or something on this gets to. It's because, look, I, you have you have an award that gets handed out for the top goal scorer in the league. You have an award that gets doled out for the top point getter. Those are two different things. Okay, you've got an award for the league MVP. You've got an award for the best defensive forward in the Selkie trophy. Ryan O'Reilly, the reigning winner of that. For the life of me, I cannot understand with as many smart people as there are around this game, how you haven't figured out how to do this. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you give me the chance to take Alex Petrangelo or Eric Carlson or Alex Petrangelo or Brent Burns, I'm taking that, I'm sorry, um, uh, P.K. Subban, right? And those guys won three Norris trophies in a row between the two of them. I'm taking Alex Petrangelo and not even looking back at it. So, uh, so I, I agree with you completely. But look, you've got an award for the defenseman that scores the most points, and I think if you did that, you would take the pressure off people feeling that that has to carry extra weight, and then really get into the best defenseman. And in all fairness and in all honesty, and I get to vote uh, by virtue of, uh, of being a broadcaster. The Broadcasters Association is the one that votes on the. Uh, the Jack Adams for Coach of the Year, right? And I take great pride in, in, in that privilege. Uh, I, I would I would have no problem if all of these league-wide awards ended up going to the hands of the players and let them get voted in that way. Uh, that, that's another aspect that I, I would I would have no argument changing up. Now, Curbs, uh, you know, I, Alex and I and BK and I were talking in the break, too, and I was looking at all the stats, and and to your point, you know, I don't know at what point it became the sexy thing to give the highest point guy the Norris Trophy, but I really would love to see a stat in the future, and, and let me know what you think of this, to where you'd have total average ice time in the last two minutes of a hockey game. I think that that would be very relevant in this case because you got a guy like John Carlson with the Washington Capitals. Yeah, he's running away with it point-wise, but how much ice time would he have at the end of a game, last two minutes of the game, as opposed to an Alex Petrangelo? Do you think a stat like that would be relevant? Well, yeah, I, I it would be relevant. It's just would the voters, if we keep it on the theme of these awards, would the voters be willing to accept it? You know, and obviously now they're looking back, they're looking past plus minus to a degree. But here's the other thing. I mean, look, if you're, if you're looking at, if you're looking at a defenseman in the National Hockey League and he's plus 25, plus 30, plus 35, right? And then it, it's pretty hard to say, even though that is not an, we, we've gone well beyond that stat from an analytic standpoint. But the reality of it is, if the other guy you're looking at is plus five, ah, it's hard to look past that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do think that some of those stats are, are would be terrifically helpful in terms of breaking it down. 
you know, but one of the challenges with that too is, you know, you mix in the penalty killing stats. That's important. Does somebody value, you know, if I, if I'm looking at a guy that's averaging 26 and a half minutes a game, right. And he's only averaging one minute a game for power play, but he's averaging four minutes a game on the penalty kill. Is that more valuable to a guy that has those special team numbers flipped? You know, to a guy that's only getting one minute. I mean, don't forget, and this has been my rallying cry on this Norris Trophy vote for a long time. When P.K. Subban and when Eric Carlson won their Norris Trophies, go look at their average shorthanded ice time a game. Neither of them were even in the top 100 <laughs> in the league. Okay, now, and, and at one point, Eric Carlson, the year he won it, he was not used as a penalty killer. How is a Norris, as, as great of a point total as it is to get to 70, 80 points as a defenseman, and to keep this in mind, that is an amazing stat because the Blues have not had a player get 80 points that St. Pavel Dimitra had his 93, right? Back in, what, 2003? Yeah. So uh, they haven't had a forward get to 80 points. So we're talking about defensemen now with these guys that are getting that point level total. I'm not trying to take away from that in any way, shape, or form, but... You do have to, I mean, you cannot vote for a guy for the Norris Trophy that that doesn't penalty kill, can you? I mean, I, I think that's sacrilege in my book to, to give the top defenseman award in the league to a guy that's not on your penalty kill. I, I, I can't fathom that thought process. I agree with you. We're talking the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chris Kerber. Joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Curbs, I did want to ask you a follow-up question about Petrangelo, and this is the last thing that I've got for you today. Do you think this is the peak of Petrangelo? I asked this of Jamie earlier, and he said he thinks this is only the beginning, that he's about to start the uh, enter the prime of his career. What do you think about this? Do you think that we're about to see the best of Petro after this season? Uh, I think he is in the prime of his career, and uh, that also means I do think that, yes, you can get better even during and in the prime of your career. And Jamie would know this better than any either one of us, uh, Brian, is, is basic, Brandon, is that you, if you talk to Al McKinnis, if you talk to Chris Pronger, if you talk to Chris Chelios, if you talk to Nicholas Lidstrom, you talk to the greats that have played this game, you talk to Larry Robinson, yeah, there are guys that come on the scene. There are guys that that you know that can have an impact early, and we just were talking about some of them. But look at when these guys become the most impactful in their career: year ten, year eleven, year twelve, year fifteen, because that's it, just the smarts and, and learning how to play that position. I'm constantly told is the hardest position to to learn and develop in in, in the league and. Um, you know, not a skating position. I guess I, I never seem to throw the goalie in any of that stuff. So, to me, to me, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's at the tip of the iceberg, but you're finding out exactly how truly good and controlling of a game he is. And frankly, what's jumping off the page at you is when you're talking about that about Alex Petrangelo, you got to look at the minutes being logged by Colton Pareko, who just finished year five in the National Hockey League, this being year five. And, uh, and, and, and look at how he's starting to grow into a pretty dominant force in the league too. So I, you know, it takes these guys a little while to do it. And so, no, I don't think we've seen him peak. I don't even, uh, I, I wouldn't even go near that. I, I think you're seeing him playing where he's understanding what his best can be and how impactful it is. Most importantly, guys, you're seeing with a lot of these guys, 
they now know what the team means. Like, you can win a Stanley Cup with getting 50 points as a defenseman, and you'd rather have that than win the Norris Trophy. That's Chris Kerber. He's the voice of the Blues. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chris Kerber. You'll hear him tomorrow night on Play Gloria, the St. Louis Blues run to the cup. Run to the cup. Pre-game starts at 6, play-by-play at 7. Kerbs, we always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. And hey, uh, as Jamie probably mentioned, we've got uh, the Behind the Bench show tonight from 6 to 7, and Jamie's going to join us. We're, we're, we're going to talk about kind of the role of leadership not only running a business, but in hockey with uh, with all the different issues of, of today, both health and social. It's a uh, hopefully an enjoyable hour for people tonight. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that, Curbs. We appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Okay, guys. Have a great day.